At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey guys, that's right. I'm RJ. Show number two, 6 o'clock Eastern, every weekday. And listen, I'm going to be honest, and I'm always going to be honest with you. I thought we had a heck of a show last week or yesterday. A heck of a show. But I didn't know how good it was. One day in, we have a new station in the 13th biggest market in the country, Detroit, Michigan. Now, listen, don't tell them yet. Wait, they're listening right now. WDFN. I've been kind of tough on Harbaugh. I can't be honest. And that is going to continue if I think it's justified. When money's on the line... We always tell the truth, but we're excited. WDFN in Detroit picking up straight out of Vegas and the odd couple next. Today's the first day. Welcome, and uh, hopefully we'll deliver for you because here's our promise, and we made it yesterday, and it's a personal promise. We're going to make it every day. If you bet sports, you can't afford not to listen, and every fan will learn things that the others are missing. Today we're talking College football, NFL, all the big stories. We got Mike Lombardi, a true expert, Belichick's right-hand man for years at the bottom of the hour, best bets before the hour's over. And we're joined from the Fox Studios by the fans' champ, Jonas Knox. Thanks, RJ. And, yes, we are coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote 
And you uh, know, Jonas, you know, I hate to interrupt. Yeah. But we've got a lot of fans from the nighttime show we did, and we always start the show with a little Ric Flair. Showtime! Woo! <laughs> the, you now can, we can get started. Damn straight. You can't go wrong with Ric Flair. And you know what you can't go wrong no, with? You can't. A dominating defensive performance, especially in Chicago and especially on Monday Night Football. And that's what we got Monday night as the Bears took care of the Seahawks. Yeah, here in Vegas, we've got around the Wise Guy Roundtable, pregame pro Steve Fezzik. He's probably the number one NFL expert out there. He's the only two-time Super Contest champion, which is like the World Series of Poker for NFL handicapping. And Brad Powers, we're going to be talking Alabama. Is Alabama the best team of the century? That's a reasonable debate right now in about five or six minutes. Fez, as a professional, what did you take away? The scoreboard. Everyone sees the scoreboard. That's easy. A lot of people watch the game. When it's in front of the world on a Monday, everyone sees it. What did you see that maybe the casual fans in between bites of Doritos didn't see? The relentless pressure of the Bears' defense. They got six sacks. That's in the box score. But I got to tell you, RJ, it wasn't just the six sacks. Russell Wilson running for his life, first two drives. He winds up not picking up first downs because of that pressure. The Bears were on him all game long. Now, Seattle, Russell Wilson, top five quarterback by consensus opinion in Las Vegas, but the O-line, one of the worst O-lines out there. So my question is, Seattle with that bad O-line, my question is how much of Chicago's pressure was about Seattle's bad O-line, how much of it was Chicago's just one of the five or six best front sevens in the NFL? I think it was more Chicago because, let's face it, Russell Wilson can get that pressure on him and escape it against other teams. The Bears now have 10 sacks on the year. Mack is added to the team. This is going to be a top-10 defense. It's going to be a top-10 defense. It's not a top-10 defense it today? It is a top-10 defense. Okay, okay. So, Jonas, we were talking, you know, and again, your role is a vital one, speaking for the fan, the fan's perspective. When you think about Mack as one of the best uh, non or best defensive players in the NFL – and you think of, let's say, uh, Brown, wide receiver from the Steelers, one of the best. Uh, we could say Le'Veon Bell, one of the best. We can go up and down the list. Again, non-quarterbacks. As a fan, what's your gut feeling of the value of a Mac versus, let's say, a great running back? Um, I think it's all about what you have currently on your roster. The Bears always lacked a, a pass rusher. He's the first – I mean, he's potentially going to be the first double-digit uh, sack artist in Chicago since Willie Young, who was converted DN to outside linebacker in Chicago back in 2013. The fact that they... I, I thought he was going to say 1913. Oh, yeah. It, it's been a I while. Forgot, I forgot about Willie Young. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time, but that's <laughs> that's been that's been what they've been lacking in Chicago is that edge rusher, and now that they've got it, you just see a completely different defense. You wonder... Uh, turnovers are going to go up because you're going to force quarterbacks into bad throws because they're going to be pressured. You saw a pick six uh, uh, last night in that game from Prince uh, Amukamara. I just think depending on what you have on your roster, what's there, if you can if you can tie up all the loose ends by making a move and it costs you a couple of first-round picks, if you're the Bears, it was a no-brainer. Offensively, they still got some things to figure out, but I think his – Already being there two weeks in, immense improvement in Chicago. 
Yeah, so we'll get to the quarterback side for a second, sticking with the question and the defensive side. I think what I hear Jonas saying is something I agree with, which is it matters what you had before this guy or what you have without him. Josh Gordon, the news broke right before the show yesterday, going to the Pats. Fez, you said he moves the line a half point. I said, wait a minute. There's only about three dozen non-quarterbacks, about 36 that move the line a half point. He's one of them. And you said, well, listen, without Adelman, and he's out for a while, suspended, he takes them from having hardly any playmakers to having a playmaker. That's mighty valuable, and especially over one game because we don't know his uh, Gordon's longevity Right, but we know he'll probably play the first game he's supposed to play. And I'm hearing the same thing with the Bears, but a little differently. I think he's I think Jonas is right. Best defensive player on the team in a long time. But also that was a pretty good defense to start with. And two plus two doesn't equal four on defense. Sometimes two plus two can equal five. Because if he just got one or two really good rushers, you can double team him. But as you keep adding rushers and uh, pass rushers, it might be what we see with the Rams to some degree up the middle. You can't double-team everybody. So, Matt, it's almost like the opposite of offense. On offense, going from zero to one guy is mighty important. On defense, if you have zero really good guys and you go to one, I'm not sure it really matters that much. And if you look at the Raiders last year, how good was their defense? Not, not very good. This is the same Mac that's supposed to be a game-changer because they can double him. But with a mighty good D to start, you add Mac, it could uh, wreck havoc. Great point. The Bears were seventh in the league in sacks last year without one real big-name star, and now this opens it up for a Trevathan and their other pass rushers. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. Last question on Monday night, Trubisky. Mike Lombardi, I heard him on another show. He'll be right here at bottom of the hour saying, listen, this guy's not a natural quarterback. He's a great athlete, has a great arm. And when Nagy, the new coach, has him scripted robotically, do this, do that, do this, mighty good. We saw a touchdown first drive against the Packers, touchdown first drive last night. As the game progresses, as they like to say, the script runs out, Trubisky looks to be not just average. He looks to be below average at this point. He does. He looks... He looks so comfortable that first drive. You nailed it, RJ. It's all scripted for him. And as soon as he has to go ahead and have any sort of creativity, he falls back to look for one receiver not doing anything as far as making plays happen. You guys, uh, one team and a, and a group of players that nobody is doubting at this point in the season is the Alabama Crimson Tide, who have been dominant so far in 2018, and they continue to roll. Yeah, so Brad Powers... He has all the college knowledge, as I like to say. He reads nine newspapers a day. (laughs) (laughs) You don't believe me, Jonas? I read nine newspapers a day. I mean, if Letterman said it, it has to be true. There's only seven still in publication. He got his hands on the extra two. Well, newspapers and blogs and blogs. Okay. (laughs) How good is Alabama? And, and, And they're clearly the best team this year. So let's start there. Who's the second best team? And if they played on a neutral field, what would the line be? Right now, it'd be Georgia's second-best team in the country, but still far inferior to Alabama on a neutral field right now. Crimson Tide would be about a six-, seven-point favorite. Almost a touchdown. So, Jonas, the fans' perspective, how does that resonate in your gut? 
that's it's insane to me that one team and, and insane meaning uh, wow uh, eye opening because uh, Brad knows his stuff that one team is a touchdown better than the next best team in the country and the next best team in the country is really really good and put on one of the most dominant road performances at Columbia against South Carolina, a ranked team at the time just a couple of weeks ago, and a young team were so dominant there, even after that and what we've seen from them and a returning quarterback, still a touchdown underdog against Alabama. It's amazing. Yeah, and, you know, this is a whole other conversation we'll have as the season progresses, but let me ask real quickly, Georgia and Alabama have to be underdogs to both make the playoffs, right? Yeah, that's a good call. You had two guy, two SEC teams in the playoffs last year. The feeling, but it, would... but it took it took an uh, a two loss Big Ten champion. Yep. It took, you know the couple things had to happen. I mean, if Washington wins out, and that's the team we were one of the teams we're looking at. I mean, obviously you got Oklahoma. Obviously you have Clemson, Ohio State. I mean, you know, oh yeah, the Ohio State University is as an alum. I like to say, it, and again, Detroit. Take that for what it's worth. <laughs> I'm obje- I try to be objective, and if I'm if I'm not, I'll I'll make sure I'm laughing and making it clear. Because occasionally I'm not about Michigan. Is the idea that there's going to be a one even if Georgia so Georgia doesn't play Alabama in the regular no. season. So could you see the two undefeateds playing with the assumption that the loser gets in too? It depend on uh, how close the game would go. I mean, it's possible because, I mean, right now on the schedule, both Alabama and Georgia are going to be a double-digit favorite in their all of their remaining games. Boy, but just think about that. Let's assume Oklahoma wins out. Let's assume Ohio State has just one loss but wins the Big Ten. They're in. Assume Clemson. You can, at that point, there's five right there. Yep. Forget Washington winning <laughs> out. So, again, the four-teamers, we can all maybe in the playoffs, we all, I think, oftentimes have a legitimate complaint but I think it's something where uh, it, it adds to the excitement. Whereas as a Buckeye fan, I thought they should have made it last year. But boy, the last couple of weeks of the season were much more exciting when we were talking about, oh, should a two-loss Ohio State make it? I think we're going to have that same level of excitement this year. Guys, we are brought to you by Indeed. When you're hiring, you don't want to waste time sorting through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want an efficient way to get to a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes, set up screener questions based on your job requirements, then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. When we come back, we're going to continue comparing Alabama to the greatest teams of the century And Brad's going to tell you who the most overrated team in college football is. That's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox, and this is the pregame show you always wanted here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm RJ Bell. We are Straight Out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. And coming up here in just a minute, we're going to talk about domination in the world of college football. But first, we bring Vegas to you when you can't be here. Right now on the Vegas Strip, it's 102 degrees, and the neon is pulsing. 
Guys, we roll on with Tuscaloosa talk continued. Alabama dominant so far this season, but how great are they and how great are they moving forward? Well, I, that's interesting. When you phrase the question with great, boy, you're saying something. And I think, the, I think Jonas is right, Brad. My gut feeling is this is a good a team. It sounds like an Italian. You know, I am three-fourths Italian. A good a team as any this century. So let's kind of start that conversation and have it quickly. Is this Bama team the best of the century? Well, I, I don't think anyone can argue that this is the best Alabama team Saban's had, especially offensively. They're averaging right now, RJ, 57 points per game. Keep that in mind. Alabama hasn't topped 40 points per game in any season since World War II, and they're averaging nearly 60 points per game. Dynamite offense. And to uh, 20 drives he started, I uncovered this fact, 14 touchdowns. So Alabama. I don't know if you can do that math in your head real quick. 70%. 70% touchdowns. <laughs> He's Rain Man. He's counting toothpicks on the floor. Good for him. Well, he can get you a free buffet. I don't oh, of know course. about the whole toothpick thing. <laughs> so how good's the defense? Yeah, it's I mean, up- compared to the other Bama Ds, because we know the offense is much better. So the question coming into the season was Alabama secondary. Lost their top six players from last year. That was the question mark. I think that question mark was answered on Saturday night when they faced probably one of the top five wide receiver cores in the country in Old Miss. First play was a nightmare, 75-yard touchdown pass for the Rebels. After that, Alabama secondary shut down that Vaughn at Old Miss wide receiver core. So being very specific with the question, compared to some of the national championship defenses Saban has had, how does this defense compare? Slight. Understanding we got limited data points, right? So far, we got a handful of games. I would say a notch below. But keep in mind, I'm saying the offense is several notches above what Alabama's had the last 10 years. What other teams this century would be in the conversation? I think you got to start off with the team early on in the 2000s, the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Did that team win it? They won it all. Okay, because some people thought the team the next year was even better, and there was a little team, and I don't want to make a big deal about this, but there was a little team that beat them. I was actually at the game in Arizona. This might give you a hint. But some thought that team that Ohio State beat was better. No, I, I don't think so. But really? they were very good. <laughs> <laughs> they were like a 14-point favorite in Absolutely. the National Championship game. Okay, so Miami, who else? I, I think the 2005 Texas Longhorns, led by Vince Young, is the is the other team in the mix. Ha, had a great season where they averaged 50 points per game on offense. Beat that great USC team in the Rose Bowl. Guys, Jones, it, who do you think's in the conversation? Well, I, I think definitely Miami would be in the conversation. Uh, the USC teams with Reggie Bush and Matt Leiner would definitely so, be so in the conversation. So that's interesting. You don't, you don't have them on, on your like very top list, Brad. Yeah, I mean, those USC. Yes or no? No, they're not in the top five, in my opinion. Okay. Now, we have, this is the Vegas opinion, but Jeff Sagarin, many decades in USA Today, doing uh, advanced computer work, he uses a variation of the ELO system, which is what chess does to have a, a ratings. Uh, what did Saragin say looking at the list of best teams this century on his computer? So very close. Uh, right now, Texas 2005 team, about a half point above this year's Alabama team. So based on the computer, 
This is the second best team, this Bama team of the century. Yeah, incredible. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Now, we have a feature that relates to this Alabama. It's called Undercover Best Bet. What does that mean? I love to take advantage of, you know, you got to live off the land if you're a gambler. And we've got at Fox and, you know, other networks too, have elite guys. Some are former players. Some are analysts. Whatever they are that know the game. Whatever the game is, Charles Barkley knows basketball. We know that. He doesn't know gambling. <laughs> and <laughs> if you know, you might want to Google Barkley in Vegas, and he's lost a lot of money in Vegas, but he knows basketball. If you, when we listen to the Barkleys of the world, that's something where at that point we can interpret it and give you what they're really saying is the best bet. So let's do it. Uncovered. Earlier this week on Monday, on with Clay Travis, Joel Klatt, who joins us tomorrow, 6.30 Eastern time, right here on Straight Out of Vegas, was talking about how good he thought Alabama was. We're going to listen in, and we're going to extract out a best bet from Joel Klatt. Let's listen. I don't see any way possible that somebody is going to beat Alabama if Tua Tagovailoa stays healthy. I mean, this might be one of the best college football. I mean, this is USC caliber, I think, talent that Alabama has right now. They went out and won 62-7. to they could, I'm not even kidding about this. I think if they needed to, they could have scored 100 points against Ole Miss. If I told you right now, Joel, you have to take Alabama or every other team in college football to win the national championship – would you take Alabama or every other team? I would I would take Alabama. I think Alabama is right now 2,000 Tiger Woods. This is what Oklahoma would be if they could play a shred of defense. This is what Georgia would have been if they had Baker Mayfield at quarterback. You know, like, th- that's what it looks like to me. Okay, guys. So he's saying Alabama should be better, Joe Clad is, better than even money. Well, right now, if you shop a little bit, and remember with future bets especially, you've got to shop them. One place the team can be 30 to 1, next place they're 50 to 1. I mean, that kind of disparity. Shopping gives you extra good value with futures. Bama, you can get plus 140. So if they do win the title half the time, plus 140 is a wonderful bet. Let's go quickly around the horn, starting with Brad Powers with all the college knowledge. Right now, give me a percentage number. I don't want a money line. What's a chance Bama wins the title? 65%. Wowza. So yeah. you would like lay 150? I would lay 150 right now. Fezzik? 44%. So a little bit less, but plus 140 you still like. What do you think, Jonas? <sighs> percentage? I would... I- I love Alabama at that. If you can if you can get money back by betting on Alabama, why wouldn't you at what you've seen so far? I hear you. So, Fez, here's the question. Bama is one of the most public teams. If you go back, I think it's, what, 10 years, Brad, you did, did the work? It's like almost 59% against yeah. the spread. Last 11 years, if you blindly bet on Alabama every game, you'd be 59% against the spread. <laughs> so, Fez, this is a very popular team. Why is there an overlay here? 
It's just, it's just the market hasn't caught up to how good Bama is, even though they've dominated? It's because historically the bookmaker knows the field in almost every year should be favored against any one team. They struggled with this in the NBA. Remember, RJ, Golden State against the field. They didn't want to make Golden State the favorite. That was a mistake. Same thing could be happening with Alabama here. And clearly the market hasn't caught up with this year's Alabama team, at least for the first three games of the season. Right now, Alabama covering point spreads by 20 points per game. Biggest cover margin of any team in the country so far. So takeaway here is usually betting the favorite on a future pool isn't a good thing. Here, though, Joel Klatt and the pregame pros think Alabama plus 140 is a mighty good bet to win the title. Guys, we were brought to you by True Car. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In one minute or so, we are going to try to make money from former NFL GM Mike Lombardi. But first, though, here is Dan Beyer with What's Trending. Yankees outfielder Aaron Judge back in the starting lineup tonight for the first time in almost two months. He'll bat second to play right field for the Yankees who face the Red Sox. Judge has been out with a broken wrist, suffered in late July, was able to play in a game in the outfield a couple of days ago, but never had an at-bat. He will start tonight. Rocky shortstop Trevor Story may be dealing with a UCL injury in his elbow. That's according to the MLB on Fox's Ken Rosenthal. He'll undergo further tests. The USA Today says that the Rockies are hoping Story would be able to return to action at some point in this regular season, which has less than two weeks to go. Rockies face the Dodgers tonight in L.A., a half game back of L.A. for first in the NL West. In the NFL, Dallas Cowboys and wide receiver Bryce Butler today. Well, former Cowboys kicker Dan Bailey officially signed his deal with the Vikings. One-year deal worth $2 million. The NFL Network says Bailey turned down multi-year offers from other teams to join Minnesota. Browns wide receiver Jarvis Landry limited to practice today because of a knee injury. Browns will host the Jets coming up on Thursday night. And the Pro Football Hall of Famers, at least a group of them, have threatened to boycott future ceremonies unless they receive health insurance and an annual salary that includes a share of the league's revenue. Back to you guys. Thanks, Dan. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan, and he is the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. And we've got coming up Mike Lombardi. He worked with Belichick. He worked with Bill Walsh. He worked with Al Davis. And now he's talking to us straight out of Vegas. How you doing, Mike? I'm good, RJ. How are you? Well, listen, I had to get a national radio show to be able to pick your brain on football. So, I mean, now the real payoff, the real payoff starts for me. Congratulations. Well, that's awesome. Good for you. I'm happy for you. <laughs> All right, first question. How good is Mahomes? Look, I think Andy Reid, look, I think Mahomes is really talented. I think, but the, it's the perfect storm. Andy Reid has really good at developing quarterbacks. Go back to Donovan McNabb, the offense he ran in Philadelphia, a lot of cross-boot, double teams, both tackles, got got McNabb back in the pocket. He could read high-low. Then, you know, then he had, uh, you know, then he went to a little Nick Foles and Michael Vick, and then all of a sudden he gets in Kansas City, and he takes Alex Smith, and I'm thinking, wow, this can't work, and he makes it work. He puts Utah's offense from college football out there and runs Utah College with Alex Smith, and now he's got Mahomes, and 
I thought all summer he was hiding in offense, and he was. And, look, Pittsburgh was horrendous, and, and, and Mahomes deserves a ton of credit. But when you have over 200 yards of penalties already as the Pittsburgh Steelers, you're really not paying attention to the details. They never jammed a receiver the whole night. It was really a seven-on-seven game. And Mahomes from Texas Tech now, those fellows can play seven-on-seven all day long. Now, you were with the Patriots uh, what years most recently? 2014 through the, through the 16 Super Bowl. Now, historically, and I was a big Steelers fan growing up, they won four Super Bowls between my fifth birthday and my 10th, and I lived an hour away, so it makes sense. I had the Terry Bradshaw jersey and everything. But Chuck Noll, if you look at his uh, record in the 80s, was certainly not an elite coach, or at least the team wasn't elite. Belichick feels like a different breed. Uh, I was a big fan of the book, uh, The Making of a Coach by Haberstam, I think it was. And, yeah, it was and, by David Haberstam. Yeah, sure yes. It, yeah, very good in regards to like really getting into the intellectual side of Belichick's evolution as a coach, his father, et cetera. Do you feel like that these younger guys, at this point, do you feel like Belichick is still clearly in the very top tier of coaches? Because if somehow he weren't, it wouldn't be the exception. It would be the rule with the great coaches as they're moving towards 70. You know, I, I think this. I think that the NFL is no longer a league of head coaches. It's a league of specialization. You know, last night Matt Nagy never looked up. He was calling the game. He's an offensive coach. He's got Vic Fangio coaching defense. You know, the era of football that you grew up in that I've known my whole life has been head coaches. You know, they command the room. They tell what we're going to do. Now we're in an era of specialization, subcontractors. And I think we've lost the art. And so when teams mess up game management at the end of the game, everybody goes crazy. But the head coaches really aren't trained to do it. They're just trained to call the game as coordinators on one side of the ball. It's a dying breed. I mean, the NFL is a harder job to get as a head coach than the United States senator. But it's also tougher to be a true head coach. If Belichick decided one day he was going to coach the wide receivers, he could go coach the receivers. If Bill Walsh wanted to go coach defensive backs for the 49ers during their heyday, he could go do that. Today, that's not the case with most head coaches in the NFL. So what I'm hearing you say, and we're talking with Mike Lombardi, he just came out with a book, Gridiron Genius, a master class in winning championships and building dynasties. Uh, actually, one of our assistant producers here, Mackie, has just bought the book. I'm anxious to read it myself. And guys, listen, how rare is it that someone writes a book that truly was on the inside? I mean, think about it. What's Lombardi know about football? Well, you know, he was there with Belichick for a Super Bowl, Al Davis. He was there with Bill Walsh. And this is the guy that's telling you about the NFL. Think about that, and you should be going to Amazon to order that book. Mike, what I'm hearing you say, though, in a weird way is if somehow the other teams were forced to have one guy do a big chunk of the work, Belichick would still be the best, but maybe his anachronistic approach, and we'll say that in quotes, his outdated approach, or maybe a less modern approach is the way to say, puts him at a disadvantage. Not really, because he still does everything. I mean, if you attended, if the fans ever attended a Saturday night coaching meeting with Belichick, when he goes over how the game's going to get played the next day, uh, you know, it it's, it's belongs in the Hall of Fame, and, and it's down to the detail. I mean, just take, for example, Super Bowl 51. 
he spent Thursday and Friday putting in extra periods because he felt his team might get up by 19 points and needed a two-point conversion. So they spent a lot of time on two-point conversions Thursday and Friday. Went over it, made sure there was enough plays in the offense to have that. Then what happened? They got behind. They needed two-point plays to catch up. It's that part of the game that we're missing, how to anticipate what's going on. Last night, you know, Brian Schottenheimer wasn't going to, wasn't reactive to what the he needed to do. He went down the field when he went to a spread attack, picking the ball around. Russell Wilson moved it down. They got this 17 to 10, and then, then they hold him, and the very next drive he comes back out and tries to run his conventional offense. You've got to adjust to the game. You've got to see the game as it's going. Most great head coaches in football are spending the first quarter figuring out what the game plan was and did we practice and what do we need to do. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas speaking with Mike Lombardi. Has a podcast, GM Street, with The Ringer. Also writing for The Athletic. Let's talk Gruden. Here's another coach uh, returning after a decade or so. And when I say another one from the older school, what's your general level of optimism about the Raiders in the next couple weeks? Let's go short term and let's go three year horizon. Well, I think this, I think John's never really been the Belichick type. John's always been the offense coordinator. When he was the head coach of the Raiders, he, he ran the offense and that's what Al wanted. You know, when I was with the Raiders, I recommended two people. I recommended Bill Belichick for Al to hire. He interviewed John Gruden, hired John. Obviously, John had success in Oakland, and Bills went on to have success in New England. But Al never really wanted a defensive coach to be his head coach. So that was never going to happen. But John, look, his team got better on Sunday. They moved the ball effectively. Derek Carr threw it down the field. He's a career 7.0 average per yards per attempt guy in his life. And, and last week, he was, in the, he was over nine yards per attempt. He's working the ball down the field. They ran it. They were able to, to get the game. They had a chance to win that game. I think they... They really played their best football, and they're going to play better. They go to Miami this week. Miami's defensive coordinator is running the same scheme that Denver ran. I think they'll be able to handle Miami. They'll play from in front, which you have to do when you play Miami. If you let Miami get the lead on you, Miami's pass rushers become in vogue, and they get to be participate in the game. If you can play from in front, Miami can't do that. That puts the pressure on Tannehill to have to make plays, and on third down, that's when Tannehill doesn't succeed. So I think for the short term, I think the Raiders are going to be better. Long-term-wise, I think the issue is going to be what John does as the general manager for John Gruden, the head coach. And that's always been my question about John. Can he handle both jobs, and does he have a vision to look forward? He's talking about rebuilding, and yet he has the oldest team in the NFL. Those two things typically don't go hand-in-hand. So I think the jury remains out. I think John's a good coach. I think he'll be a good coach. The quarterback will play well. I think the general manager, John, is going to have to prove he can do that job. So when you hear the analytics guys, and let's be honest, Mike, is some of the smarter, younger football minds in the media, let's say, not coaching, are really heavy on the analytics side. There's another pod at the Ringer, NFL pod, that has two guys who talk analytics pretty much the whole show. What, they've all been like, and even Bill Simmons at the Ringer, been like, I think Gruden's going to be a disaster. That's the phrase he used. What are they missing, you think, about what Gruden brings to the table? He can coach the quarterback. I mean, I wrote it in my book. Bill Walsh said this, very few people can evaluate the quarterback and even fewer can coach him. 
And John can coach the quarterback. And when you can get the quarterback to play well, and John has a history. Now, John's never been able to develop a young quarterback, but he's been able to get quarterbacks to play well, whether it's Rich Gannon, whether it's Brad Johnson, and he'll get Derek Carr to play as well as he can. There's no doubt. I I think analytics, look, this whole fight between analytics and football guy, the one thing I've made this very clear, I'm in the information business. When you're in football, you're in the information business. You collect data on players, you collect data on teams. You've got to break it down. Now, oftentimes how you utilize that data tells you what you're going to do. If you're getting ready to play the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, you want to put Patrick Mahomes in as many third downs as you can because the data indicates you've got a better chance to get off the field. If you let him go one play and score or only have five third downs, which the Steelers had on Steelers forced on Sunday, you're not going to beat that team. So you need to use analytics to help you set up a game plan. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Last question for Mike Lombardi. You can follow him on Twitter, M. Lombardi NFL. Last question. Mike, you're right more than you're wrong, and you literally are my favorite media guy on the NFL side. But we always want to understand when you're evolving your thinking. You've been a strong critic of Bortles, Jacksonville's quarterback, went into or not into, they hosted the Patriots, and Bortles maybe had his best game of his career. Aberration, or do you see an evolution from the Jacksonville QB? No, I, I think, look, last year he had a really good game against them last year. I think the best thing that happened for Bortles on Sunday was Leonard Fournette wasn't able to play because that the, the Patriots' defensive speed is lacking laterally and horizontally. And when Fournette would have been in the game, it would have been 25 carries. of something the Patriots could have handled. That would have been 25 less pass plays or 25 less times that Grant or Yeldon got the ball. And so I think, and I think Fournette's a good player, but he's not a good matchup for when they play the Patriots. And I think Bortles took advantage of it. I think Bortles is going to have to prove week in and week out that he won't make mistakes. I'm still not convinced. I still believe he's the great equalizer. I think Jacksonville is the best team in the National Football League, but Bortles gives you a chance. And when it's pressure's on them, there was no pressure in that game. They couldn't put any pressure. Their backup left tackle, Josh Wells, came in the first series, and he blocked the, he blocked the Patriots as well as anybody. When you lose your starting left tackle in football, the Eagles did it last year and Vitae played well. But typically when you lose your left tackle, you're not going to be as good. I'm going to wait and see what happens this week. They play Tennessee. they got Rackpo coming off the edge. Let's see how that works out. I don't think Tennessee's a good team, but I think it's a long year before we start giving out trophies to Blake Bortles. That's Mike Lombardi. Every Tuesday is the plan, 6.30 Eastern. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. When we come back, Steve Fezzik is going to tell you who he thinks is going to win the Super Bowl, and he's making a bet on it. That's R.J. Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you always wanted here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan, here, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. We are brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Our goal, guys, is to be different. There's a lot of talk radio out there. You want the normal stuff? You got it. You want something different? Give us a try. And here's something else that's different. Every opinion that a pro has here around the pros wise guy round table is backed by cash. 
It's not hot takes, it's cold cash. What do I mean? It means any pick that a pro gives you at any time, anyone else at the table can grab this button that we have. And I'm going to be tweeting out a picture of the button at RJ in Vegas on Twitter. And if they make this sound, press the button, it makes this sound. And that means there's an automatic $100 bet, cash, on whatever the opinion was. So, as Mr. T would say, there's been a lot of gibbering and jabbering on the radio. But everything that Fezzik says, and here comes his best bet, is backed by an inherent bet at any time we can grab it and make it. Brad and I might be fighting for the button, and that'll be fun to watch and listen to also. Fez... Let's be clear though. For you, a hundred bucks—that's that's the valet tip. But you hate, <laughs> but you hate, you hate to lose, and that's the victory. And every time money's handed over, we're gonna do a video of it so you can watch the pain in his face. Steve Fezzik, two-time Super Contest champion, best bet. Best bet: the Los Angeles Rams to win the Super Bowl six to one. RJ, let me make my case. Very high in the Rams. During the summer, had them as my number three rated team. But I was worried. They took the preseason off, and they had the four key free agent acquisitions. Thought it might take a little time. Fast forward two weeks already into the season. I already have the Rams currently as my not just my top rated NFL team, but with clear margin. They're more than two points in my ratings. Better than everyone else. I think they continue to Two improve. points better than everybody else. Absolutely. Okay. Here's what I have to say to that. It's a bet. All right, so you're betting 100 to win six on the Rams. Love it. Now, here's my question. Here's my question. The question is, why? Well, here's the real question. What were the Super Bowl odds for the Rams two games ago? Could have gotten them, I believe, 11 to 1. All right, so you could have gotten them 11 to 1. And now what you saw in the last two games is enough for you to say, I'll take almost half that. Absolutely, because not only... Well, first off, don't say absolutely, because it makes no sense, all right? So you better explain, and then we'll, we'll let the audience decide if it's absolutely. Not only are the Rams playing better than I expected, but their competition in the NFC looks suspect. Minnesota not playing as well. What do you... Well, hold on! Minnesota not playing as... Honestly, dude, don't 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 dig a uh, a hole for yourself here. What did what did Minnesota do that wasn't as well? They almost lost to San Francisco week one, despite winning by eight. They points. cover the spread, <laughs> but they almost lost. Let's just say this: we could I could keep explaining how wrong you are, but instead I backed it with cash, hundred to win six hundred, and I'll be smiling when I co- uh, collect. That said, if you want to follow Fez, he does like the Rams. Guys, we were brought to you by True Car. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. We are straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, it's the odd couple, Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. He is RJ Bell, the voice of Vegas, back tomorrow here on FSR. Straight out of Vegas!
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.